Welcome to Screen Therapy. I'm your host, Jason Schurz. In October of 2018, I found myself in the hospital, sitting across from a psychiatrist who was telling me that I was bipolar. I was released with a bunch of medication and laid on the couch for about a week. I had my iTunes library on shuffle, trying to shake the hornet's nest from my head. Ever since I was a kid, I've been using music for therapy and as a way to escape. Punk rock and mental health have always been connected. This podcast looks at that connection through the lens of different guests. This is Screen Therapy. people have kind souls. Lauren Denizio is one of those people. Lauren is the founder of Warriors, a Los Angeles by way of Brooklyn melodic punk band that are prepping the release of the third album, You Are Someone You Know. Lauren has battled anxiety throughout their life and thanks in part to the right meds, has been able to live without the constant worry of their band's namesake. Worry can be overwhelming, a source of intense anxiety, but it can also help us to be aware of what's important. When worry is positive, it holds power. And like the anthems of Warriors, it can be cathartic. Hi, I'm Lauren. I play in a band called Warriors, and um, I'm also an artist and illustrator. And I've definitely been playing in bands and making art really for as long as I can remember. And I've been in, I've been in bands since I was about 19. And I definitely think that both of those things have always been a big cathartic process for me. I've always put a lot of my personal experiences in into both of those things and I think definitely as I just like grow up and get older um the way that I like acknowledge how much those things have to do with self-care and taking care of my mental health um just just gets bigger you know I have a, I have a much better understanding of it now than I did when I when I started playing shows and things like that so it, it definitely has a big place in my life do you remember the first time that you heard underground music and how it affected you? I feel like I was probably in middle school when I went to my first local shows when I realized like, oh, there are bands that like aren't on the radio, you know, that like kids my age are playing in or maybe a little bit older. And it it was definitely, it was just exciting to to be able to go to smaller local shows and and, you know, have some sort of a, community there or social scene that was more accepting you know I was definitely have like the typical story of being one of the weird kids in in your school yeah Yeah. like not really feeling like you had very good friends or a place to go and then like finding finding punk rock and and finding local shows and things like that that really changed a lot do you remember uh, finding a lot of like-minded people at punk shows people that were you know kind of on the outskirts of maybe the the social circles? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely all of that, you know, like, because it was, um, it was kids from all different high schools. So I didn't, I didn't go to public school. So it was even small, smaller circle for me. And then being able to go to shows where it was like, you know, the, the 10 kids from every high school in like a 30 mile radius <laughs> who <laughs> all dress a little weird, act a little strange, <laughs> like, you know, were maybe a little bit more liberal and more radical in their thinking, you know, all all in one place. So 
so yeah i mean looking back you realize how maybe like not all on the same page you were but you were definitely like not not friends with the jocks and like probably most of most of the folks that chose were were the kids that like were getting made fun of and stuff so everyone just seemed a lot nicer a lot more accepting so yeah for sure do you remember the first time that you realized that you were dealing with mental health issues I definitely knew that I was, I I don't think I recognized it as like, quote unquote, like mental health issues. I mean, I was in therapy when I, when I was in middle school and high school, but I think I, I looked at it more as like, I'm going through a thing and not like an ongoing practice of self care. You know, like I, I think that like as time goes on and more people talk about going to therapy or like taking care of your mental health, it becomes much more of a, like a long-term ongoing thing rather than people thinking like, Oh, you just need to go to therapy. if like you have to process something or like you're having a hard time and then like, and then you can be done and, and like move on. So I think I didn't start dealing with it as like an ongoing thing until much later. Um, I, I, I think I was probably like in my in my late twenties before I was like, yeah, I need I need to see a therapist. <laughs> like that I need to to handle this stuff because it, it wasn't really working on yeah. my own. Mm-hmm. I guess a lot of people have been not diagnosed but sort of told by doctors that they have like what's called a situational depression. And, oh yeah, um, yeah, which is sort of what you're describing. And I think that that's maybe. A bit of a fallacy. I mean, I know some folks do struggle through short periods of, um, you know, like maybe a year or a year and a half of uh, depression, but I think it does come back. Is that is that sort of your experience as well? Um, to to a certain extent, I feel like, I mean, those those things are certainly real, but I think that to me, or like how I hear a lot of people talking about therapy or or dealing with depression on a long-term basis is like, well, you want to be working on things so that it it doesn't get bad, (laughs) you know? Um, So even if like you're feeling, just because you're feeling fine doesn't mean you don't need to be in therapy or like don't need to be doing things that are like consciously like maintaining your mental health. But yeah, I mean, my, my experience was was definitely more somewhere along the lines of like having that realization. I was like, oh, like people don't feel like this all the time. <laughs> like <laughs> I am a very anxious and generally sad person. Like that's not OK. <laughs> like that's like, you know, I've been or I had been, you know, like handling it on my own and like tried to be a pretty self-aware person and like, you know, talk about things and like get support from friends and stuff. But like, at a certain point, I was like, Oh, wait, no, like, it's not normal. Like, it's not okay. Or, or to be trying to just handle everything on my own, and not address it in a more formal way. Yeah, so it wasn't until later in my 20s, I was like, Okay, I need to like get my shit together. Yeah. Tell me how anxiety has affected your life. Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think I just I mean, I still worry, you know, like I still get, I'm still one of those people that thinks like eight steps ahead. I was like, what about this? What about that? This is going to happen. You know, um, it's definitely been one of those things. And, and it, but it used to be that something 
relatively minor would happen or like I'd something would come up or someone would say a thing or I'd feel bad about something and it would just like derail my entire day and like I would have a really hard time getting work done I wouldn't want to go out like it you know it wouldn't be super severe but it would be a very noticeable physical thing that was happening and I, I used to think that those sorts of reactions were like, oh, when this thing happens, then you feel this way. And this is just my life. And this is how it is. And, and then I think when I realized like, oh, no, I'm having like, these are anxiety attacks. These are actually like anxiety attacks and like low level panic attacks that I shouldn't be having to deal with it on my own or, or not have a plan of what to do and, and like how to take care of myself that, those things are not that they don't have to be considered like just a part of life and just something I have to deal with. So that was how anxiety really, really affected my life on a daily basis for a really long time. And it doesn't happen as much anymore. And I'm, I'm really psyched about that, (laughs) but it's something that I have, I'm like, that's never going to go away if I, if I'm not taking care of it. So for sure. And how does medication factor into that? I had tried different things and, and tried to like only use medication when things got really bad or I was having a really bad like anxiety attack or something. But, but now I'm, I'm on daily medication and my reactions to things are just much more level, you know? Um, And, and uh, (laughs) you know, I, I know, it's easy to to feel like oh like well i'm taking medication and and i'm doing better so i don't need the medication anymore and it's like no 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 <laughs> it's 100% because i'm taking medication that i can be present and process things and handle things on on my own so it's it's 100% because of the medication that i'm able to take care of myself on a, on a daily basis you yeah. know yeah, I think that a lot of folks have fears about medication and, you know, a lot of them are warranted with things like side effects. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, but it's nice to be able to put faith into it and, and see how it goes. And I think uh, that in a lot of people's cases, it takes a long time to find the right uh, dosages and mixes and whatever. So I'm glad that you've found something that works for you. Yeah, thanks. No, it, um, you know, it definitely took some some figuring out. And, uh, and I definitely think that the like issues with side effects were definitely what, what kept me from, uh, maybe going, going further with it earlier, but, but yeah, I feel like I, I lucked out in a way cause it was really, it was really a game changer. So cool. yeah. Isolation is a huge thing for a lot of folks with mental illnesses. And I know that I go through that a lot too in, in my depression times on the song WTF is sleep. There's a really great line. I feel it's quite beautiful, actually. It's only the things you don't do that you regret. And of course, that changes through the song. Um, an even simpler line, which I think is quite lovely, is uh, you'll feel better better if you leave the house, which that just speaks to me as far as isolation goes. Can you tell me a little bit about that song and how it all came about? Yeah, I mean, I I think that that I mean that song is totally like a note to self kind of a kind of a song and you know reflecting on the fact that like I, I am someone that like 
um, you know, especially after being on tour and being out all the time and being really social, like when I'm home, I'm like, I don't want to go out. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's very easy for me to like make an excuse for myself to not go to a thing. Um, or, or it definitely was a while ago or when I, when I wrote that song and, like reminding myself that really every every time I would like end up going out, ninety nine percent of the time I would have a good time and be very glad that I did. So, um, and and I think that that's an experience that, that a lot of people have, or you know, it's, I I know a lot of people who, you know, will, if they have a choice, will definitely stay just stay home. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, you know, whether or not they have housemates or a partner or something, it's you know, if, if you have a, a nice warm place to be and like books and records and movies and stuff, it's, it's just so easy if you're not feeling great, just be like, I was going to stay here. <laughs> then there's the opposite, which is something that I go through as well. And my more manic times, which is uh, going out all the time and uh, okay. not being able to stop. Uh, I guess they call it FOMO. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. Fear yeah. of missing out. Uh, so that can be an issue for some folks as well. I know it is for me, but also the isolation on the other side. Yeah, no, t- yeah, completely. And is touring kind of a form of that? Like not being able to slow down, being on the constant move all the time? Well, I think touring definitely affects what I want to do when I get back. And I, I think that touring still looked like the kind of thing where I had to be like out in the show space or um, like in a bar, like in a, like in a crowded bar or like a crowded basement the whole time for like 30 days in a row, I, I wouldn't be able to tour anymore. And I think that the way that it works now that like, it's really easy to be like, okay, I'm going to go be social right now. And okay, I need to go find a quiet place or like, I need to just like chill out or like watch the other band from the side of the stage, you know, like kind of have that personal space when you need it. It makes it a lot easier to, yeah, just to like get this, this space that you need when you need it. And then, and then when I'm feeling like comfortable and like being social, it's, it's really easy. But I mean, it, it definitely gets, it, it gets very overwhelming sometimes. So it's it's just something that I'm much more aware of now um, because I, I feel like I should have more control over it. And was it like that? It sounds like it was different in the earlier days, maybe when you were in the measure mm-hmm. and uh, early in the Warriors touring. Was it quite more hectic, chaotic? Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's more hectic, but like it, it just gets more stressful when you can't ever like turn off. And when, you know, we couldn't bring someone on merch or couldn't have a tour manager or like couldn't, uh, you know, when I didn't really have help for long stretches of time, it just, it gets very overwhelming and very stressful. And, you know, if, if you're not, like if I wasn't really taking care of myself, I just, just wouldn't be doing well by the end of it. Even though I really like touring and I would really like being on the road, but I just am a stress case by the end of it. Well, speaking of uh, chaotic, I think, uh, well, obviously this podcast is called Scream Therapy. And mm-hmm. one of the uh, 
the best examples of that I've ever seen is when you were doing a minor threat cover set at Fest. It was probably three <laughs> years ago or so. That was pure scream therapy there. Oh, that was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I could never be in a hardcore band that like where people didn't already respond to all of the lyrics. But um, <laughs> yeah, but that was that was really fun. Stuff like that's great. Yeah, for sure. Do you consider yourself an advocate, or spokesperson for mental health issues, and with some of the songs that you've written? <laughs> um, I think probably inadvertently. You know, that's it's not. I don't feel like it's a, a flag I fly actively, mm-hmm. but it's the kind of thing where I know that when I get to be on stage and have a microphone in front of a lot of people, like I intentionally talk about some of the songs before we play them, because if you aren't familiar with us and maybe like aren't paying close enough attention, you'll, you'll miss it. And talking to people when we're on tour, I know that a lot of people respond to that and that it's important to people. And that it means a lot when we, when we say that stuff before we play a song. So so it's it's definitely something that I am intentional about at shows, but it's not something that I'm necessarily thinking about when I'm writing the music. But I'm happy when then looking back at the songs that we've written or, you know, like with the new record coming up, I'm, I'm psyched to be able to look back and say like, oh, well, when we play these certain songs, I want to say this. Or like, you know, sometimes when we think about putting together a set like what you know what are the songs that I feel like are are the most meaningful for me or like the most meaningful for the folks coming to see us it's not intentional I'm like I'm gonna write a song that talks about mental health it just sort of happens and then then we kind of go from there I feel like a lot of your songs are like that yeah there's a new single power couple and Mm -hmm. I was reading the little liner notes there and I kind of chuckled at the thing at the end have fun don't die (laughs) yeah yeah simple yeah it's a thing that I started texting my bandmates sometimes when I know that like either like one of them would be like going out or was like at another show or with a bunch of people that like party a lot or um when you know sometimes like I'll stay back and like a bunch of them will like go out for the night when we're on tour and I had had said that a few times and it was it was kind of my way of like in a kind of a lighthearted way being like hey i love you take care of yourself i want you to have fun but also like please come back at the end of the night some easy parental advice there yeah yeah it it, it sucks cuz it i mean it is the kind of thing where like we've lost a lot of friends mm-hmm. and it's it's at a point in in my life and and a lot of my friends lives where i'm just like hey i'm not trying to be a cop i don't want to tell you what to do but you need to know that that i'm thinking about you and care it's meant to be a lighthearted thing you know yeah. no um this isn't very lighthearted but you mentioned some of your friends uh, losing some of your friends now has suicide come into your life oh absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. through varying combinations of substance abuse and people taking their own lives like it yeah that is that is how i've lost a lot of friends and and it's 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 very it's just so scary how do you cope with that i mean 
I don't know. I think just as time goes on, you, you learn to talk about it more or like look out for things and, and you can't blame yourself when certain things happen, but it does, I think make more people in in my social circle, um, aware of the need to talk about stuff with their friends and to look out for people. And like, you know, when, when folks, either say certain things in passing or like post things on the internet. It's like just little stuff that like I call people, you know, like I text my friends more often. Um, and whether that's like for, for their sake or for me to just to reach out to my friends and to, to connect with people like, you know, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. There's a note about tiny changes. You're donating some money from the new album towards that. Yeah, that is an organization, a pretty new organization based in Scotland in memory of Scott from Frank Rabbit. And I mean, I wanted to, in general, I wanted to donate to uh, a charitable organization where our donation would not just be a drop in the bucket. You know, so I I didn't want to just donate to some, like a, a larger nonprofit where you know, under a thousand dollars would be kind of lost to them. Yeah. And because it is, it's related to a, a larger music scene that I feel like we're a part of. And, you know, he was a friend of many of my friends. I, I didn't know him personally, but I know it hits close to home for a lot of people I know and for our label. And it, it really seemed like something that is like consistent with a lot of the things I talk about and, and my experience. So I, I really wanted to, to donate to them, to help them. Did you ever think about how your life might be without music? Some, sometimes I, I think, I think about how my life would look without, without making music, without going to see music, like different, like taking different parts of it out. I, I can't see myself not being involved in music in some way. Cause it's definitely, it's like, I, I want to say that it's saved my life in certain ways. It's definitely helps me through a lot, whether that's like the actual music or the people that I know through music mm-hmm. or being able to get up on stage and, and sing for like three, four or five weeks at a time. You know, there there have definitely been times where I've been like bummed or stressed and like what you know, what is this coming from? And then like we'll have band practice and I'll be like, Oh, I feel so much better now. Yeah. <laughs> I just needed to play music for a while and I feel better. Awesome. Yeah, no, I think that's a common thing, common thread with a lot of folks who are into underground music, punk rock, metal, whatever you whatever genre you wanna bring up. Yeah. And I think that maybe it's something that people can go to for therapy, for sure. You know, we talk about it being therapeutic, but I also think you're right about the community and the connection that we get amongst ourselves being part of this scene. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that I always remember about you is uh, we were at Fest a few years ago. Actually, it might have been my first Fest way back when. Oh, and I think we were roommates for some random way. I can't remember how we, we ended up being roommates for some reason. 
I do remember that. Yeah, it was weird. Everybody just like needed a room. It's <laughs> like a bunch yeah. of them. Sure. Yeah. Totally. So, but at that fest, or maybe it was the one after I was talking about my son, my oldest son, and you were you're asking about him and we're talking a little bit about his anxiety. And then for every fest after that, you always asked me about him. And I always remember that and thought it was so, so cool of you to do that. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I hope things are going well. It's just nice to know that people care that way and can actually remember. And I mean, now it makes sense to me because I've been, you know, diagnosed bipolar and a lot of stuff has happened to me in the last year and a half with this, with this disorder. But I think now I'm really sensitive to other folks that are going through things. Whereas before I was kind of sensitive in a general sense. Now I can really uh, dig into the, the more specific stuff and it makes sense now why you did that because you know that maybe if the word anxiety came up that would have you know affected your into talking about it yeah i think there are definitely things that when folks bring certain things up it, it'll like bookmark it more in my in my head for sure well i, I want to thank you very much for your time today lauren and i think it's really cool that you're doing the stuff that you're doing uh, with charity work and of course warriors have songs about all kinds of social issues not just uh, mental health so uh, good on you for doing that and again thanks so much for your time today yeah no thank you thanks for thanks for talking about it i look forward to uh to hearing the podcast a lot of folks with mental health issues aspire to be better when i say better i mean coping with everyday symptoms of an illness and knowing how to stay healthy According to the Mood Disorders Association of BC, an organization for which I run a weekly support group in my hometown of Palaver, BC, that's Canada, there are three stages of healing, the illness, the recovery, and moving on. Each person is in a different part of a different stage, but it's important to celebrate every small victory. As a touring musician and prolific songwriter, Lauren Denizio of Warriors has been able to manage their anxiety with a combination of self-care and the right medications. Sometimes finding inspiration in each other's small victories and the songs that they sing is enough. Sometimes it's everything. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Screen Therapy. I thought I'd tell you a little bit more about myself. I was born in Powell River, a small coastal town in British Columbia, Canada. I spent more than 20 years in the media industry, managing newspapers and writing and editing for magazines and online publications. After my mental breakdown in 2018, I had to take a break because everything seemed impossible. I needed to focus on my recovery. I did my best to take care of my mental health while dealing with the intense mood episodes of bipolar. I was trying to help other people as well through support groups and also doing some health coaching. I'm doing everything I can and I've been getting back to the kind of work that I love. This podcast has been a big part of that. After some serious soul searching, I decided to go back to school at the age of 47. I'm doing a Master of Fine Arts in Creative Nonfiction at the University of King's College that will allow me to work from home. In two years, I should have a book written. And surprise, it's also called Scream Therapy. And surprise again, it's about the link between punk rock and mental health. I'm excited about it, but I want to be sure that I pay close attention to my symptoms and stay as healthy as I can. One of the most important things about mental health is staying positive. It's been really hard for me to be stable. I feel like I've been getting a little bit better every day. I'm really glad that this podcast has been a big part of my recovery, and I thank you for listening. Screen Therapy is now airing on college and community radio stations. They include my hometown radio station, CGMP, out of Powell River, Radio Humber from Humber College in Toronto, Ontario, and Radio Waterloo, CKMS, from Waterloo, Ontario. If you like a certain radio station, hit them up and tell them about the podcast. 
You can connect with me at soundcloud.com slash screamtherapy, or you can email me directly at jasonshures at telus.net. That's J-A-S-O-N-S-C-H-R-E-U-R-S at telus.net. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, take care and be well. Amen.